3 John, we'll be looking at verse 4 this evening, but before we look at verse 4, let's read verse 11 again. Verse 11, I believe, is the summary verse of 3 John. All of John's writings, I believe, have summary verses in them. 3 John, verse 11, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. That word follow means to imitate. Okay, imitate. If someone is following, he says follow, don't follow that which is evil, but that which is good. Well, Paul wrote in his writings, be followers of me as I am a follower of Christ. So to follow someone who indeed is good, one must be following someone who is following God. Paul, in the letter here to Gaius, he mentions that he loves, it, that there's no greater joy in our verse. There's, greater, another, there's no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth or follow that which is good. It would have been a joy for John to find out the other people of God were following Gaius who was following the Lord. We know that because in verse 11, and we're going to look at it closely in a few weeks, the word following is used, but also the word doeth. He used the word doeth. Okay, It's a continual present verb. Did, doing, will do. Right? Continual present verb of do. That is to achieve or complete a way of behaving or performing or acting, behavior, okay? So verse 11, not trying to dumb it down, but putting it in our language, imitate, don't imitate somebody who is doing or performing or completing or, or persisting or living evil, but imitate or follow that which is good. Well, what's the definition of good? Everybody's got their own definition of good. He that doeth good is of God. So goodness and holiness are intertwined. But he that doeth evil hath not seen God. So of God or hath not seen God. Do good, do evil. Who are we imitating? That's a very, very intense line of thinking, isn't it? Who are we imitating? But John in verse 4, he says, in, well, in verse 3, he said, For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in truth. Not, he didn't just rejoice in what Gaius knew. He rejoiced that, that what Gaius knew was evident in his life that he did or doeth good and had evidence that he is of God or was of God at the time of this writing. The title of this message is No Greater Joy. No Greater Joy. He says in verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. That my, that my children have a testimony that those things which were both seen and heard concerning the Lord Jesus Christ are now done in Gaius. Again, that's what Paul said in one of his writings, that those things that you have seen and heard of me do. 
He said that to the Philippians, didn't he? So when he says that my children walk or to make their progress or their conduct, the passing of their lives, that my children live in the truth, that, that's really something, okay? To live in the truth in things pertaining to God and things pertaining to man, that, that the evidence of, of God is in the child there or the children uh, that, that have been born. So what, what does that mean? And the basic truth cannot be overstated. A professor, a professor of salvation without behavior is simply just a religious mouth. Okay? Our behavior does not save us. So please, please hear me when I say that. We're not saved by our good works, but to say that one is saved without good works, they are not, not saved at all. Okay? The, look at what the Lord Jesus Christ said in the book of Luke, chapter 6, please. So the expectation of, it's not that I, I should expect something of you in good works and following good. I expect God to, to make his way or perform through you, okay? And if God, as infinite and holy and grand and majestic and wonderful as he is, if he is so weak that he cannot evidence himself through his people, then he is not there at all. Okay? Even on the most cloudy day, the sun is evident, isn't it? You can still tell it's daylight. Even on the most cloudy day, it's still daylight. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 46, Luke 6 and verse 46, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? So things were coming out of these people's mouths, and they probably thought they knew something, they thought they believed something. But the Lord asked, well, why doesn't it translate in your life? Whoso cometh to me, and heareth my sayings, and doeth them, and doeth them, I will show you who to whom he is like unto. Now I want you in verses 48 and 49 to see how close these verses are in their writing. He is like the man who hears the sayings and does them. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. So the whole thing rested in the picture here on Jesus Christ. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon the house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth, so hearing is, is, is the same, he that heareth and doeth not, that's the difference. It's like a man that without a foundation built a house. So there's lots of people building spiritual houses but without foundation. Someone can be as religious as they please, but if they don't understand and know Christ as their foundation, then they can build all they like. And that, that second house might have actually, you know, by worldly standards, even looked really nice and been nice and pretty, shades and shutters and all, built upon the earth, against, the, the, against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. What's the difference? Well, the foundation of the house and the building, right? The foundation and the building. So the doing of it, the 
God Almighty saves his people. The Father chose a people from before the foundation of the world that Christ would die for, and he did. And everyone that Christ died for shall be saved. There's no doubt. And every single person that the Father chose and Christ died for, the Spirit will make them alive unto salvation for all eternity. We read, and we've read many times in 1 John, in verse th uh, chapter 3 and verse 3, Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. So one that is of God is imitating or desiring to imitate Jesus Christ walking in light. They will do good. That's what verse 11 says. And Gaius is commended to follow or imitate those who are following after Christ. So when John writes in 3 John, verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. He has no greater joy than to hear that the people that by God's grace he ministered unto and they were saved, that they're following after the Lord, that they're imitating Christ or desiring to imitate Christ. Obedience. There was no greater joy that John had than to find that the people that, that believed under and through his ministry by the power of God were walking it and living it. That truth, uh, the truth particularly pertaining to God and particular, particular to men. What, did, what has God said to men throughout the ages? I am God. Fear me. Trust me. Do what I say. If you look at 1 Samuel, just for a moment, 1 Samuel chapter 15, and this is the occasion when, when King Saul was told to, to kill a group of people and he didn't do it, and the prophet Samuel's chewing him out. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than that than the fat of rams. Obedience. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth, that they follow that which is good, that they live lives desiring to imitate Jesus Christ himself that they desire after holiness. Not, not that they could ever be sinless or perfect of our, own, of, our own, uh, of our own doing. No, O wretched man that I am, Paul said, still in this flesh, still, still uh, under, under the weight of this present flesh that is prone to sin, but so by the power of God desiring to follow that which is good and do according to you, to live accordingly. It was a wonderful thing. For John to hear that Gaius was such a one. In Deuteronomy, it's, it's written over here on this board. Deuteronomy 13, verse 4, if you direct your attention, ye shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. That's desirable. That's a desirable thing. John writes to Gaius, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth, walk, behavior. There is no single book in the Bible, not even a passage, 
of the Bible that does not, because of grace, encourage believers to walk in truth. Find one. Now, there are statements that Satan has to tempt, but there are no commands of God and there are no releases from God for people to live errantly. But no, the, the words of God so wonderfully, he says, take up your cross and follow me. He says so wonderfully, if you love me, keep my commandments. It says the very thing in John 14. That's the manifestation of God. It says in John, 1 John chapter 5, and we've read this by many, many times, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 2, By this we know that we love God, the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God. This is the evidence of the love of God. That, what was the love of God in verse, chapter 4 verse 9? In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him, live in this life through him, live eternally through him. Hearing his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of the covering, the mercy seat for our sins. This is the love of God in chapter 5, verse 3, that we keep his commandments. Salvation works or rots obedience of the children of God. And his commandments are not grievous. No, they're not grievous at all. It's a joy to walk in fellowship with our dear Redeemer. There is no book in the Bible. There is no clause or phrase from God that gives permission at all for a child of God to do anything but walk in truth. The simple truth to trust the Lord and to do what he says, to walk in truth, it cannot be removed from Scripture. It cannot be. It cannot be removed from God. It's from, from the very first interaction with God until, until the end of all ages. What, what is it to be in the presence of God except we be cleansed of all sin, that we be given a, a new spiritual body, and that our sins be finally taken away? Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ. That's, that's what Paul said in Romans 7 can't be separated from God himself, can't be separated from his word, the simple idea to trust the Lord and to do what he says. From the gospel, if you were to go back in John chapter 8, there was a woman caught in the act and these people are standing around accusing her and the Lord writes in the sand and he stands up and the people go away and he says, where are your accusers? And then what's he say to her? He says, go and sin no more. So salvation is accompanied with the children of God walking in truth. And in truth, again, things pertaining to God, His laws, His commandments, His covenants. From, exhort, from the exhortations of the Scriptures, look in, in, in 2 Timothy, if you would, 2 Timothy in chapter 6, when he says that his children walk in truth. The children of God... We'll walk in truth, and when we don't, the Spirit of God, being grieved, will correct us. Conviction will come. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, all Scripture. Lexington, hold up all Scripture. Hold it up. There you go. Hold it up. Up. All Scripture. There you go. All Scripture. Cover to cover. Is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable 
for doctrine or teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction or correction in righteousness. You see, a sinful man, this is, it's profitable to the children of God. A man yet in their sin, a woman yet in their sin, they'll despise it, they'll reject it, they'll hate it. But it's profitable for the children of God that we would, through the Word of God and Scripture, by the Spirit of God, be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, Romans chapter 8. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all what? Good works. Right? That the, that the man of God might be thoroughly furnished unto walking in truth, not knowing truth, not storing it away, but walking in it, and to all good works. Children of God, we're to walk in truth. Now, John, writing to Gaius, he says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. What does that tell us just in a practical way? That it's not only expected, sometimes expectations, we don't meet expectations. You ever done something that didn't meet expectations? Plenty of times. But here it says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. So evidently he had heard that his children had walked in truth. Specifically, Gaius was walking in truth. You know what that tells me? It's possible. It's possible. Children of God, do you desire to walk in truth? I I pray that you would desire that. And not just checking of boxes of truth, but in a spiritual way that you would desire to follow that which is good because you are of God and you desire to do good because you are of God. Again, verse 11. A person who desires to do good, meaning that they desire to have fellowship with God. This flesh has no desire to fellowship with God. It desires to walk in darkness. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ said in John chapter 3. A very familiar passage. Chapter 3 and verse 19. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Hiding stuff from the beginning. Adam and Eve were hiding. Their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. You ever talk to somebody who said they were religious and they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, but you give them a little bit of truth and there's a fight that breaks out? Why? Well, it could be your personality or mine, or it could be that Jesus Christ is telling the truth that he that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. You know, sometimes people, oh, we go to this assembly, we go to that assembly, well, it's closer or whatever. There's certain... I know a lot of people don't come here because they think I'm Mr. Evil Meanie Pants, but just saying what the Word of God says. He that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought of God. Well, the manifest deeds, yes, Lord, see if there be any wicked way in me and, and take it from me, that the works of God would be known. Those that desire to walk in truth will desire to walk in it in light as he is light. 1 John chapter 1. They'll desire to follow him. Those that say they have religion, yet don't follow accordingly, will they do evil. Again, a whole bunch of religious people will cry out, Lord, Lord. 
Didn't I this and didn't I that? Thank God for children of God that walk in the truth. That's what, that's what, this, that's what John's saying here to Gaius. When he says, my children, those that are born again in near or close to the, the ministry of, of another. So Lex, he's literally my child. I was there when he was born. I know he's my child. But also as a young believer, I have a very special privilege of rearing him in the things of God and teaching him in the way he should go. I have a very special privilege of, uh, of, 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 as a dad and a son, but as a brother in Christ, in rearing him as, as a child of God. It's a wonderful thing. Was Gaius the literal son of John? It doesn't appear so. If you read some of the writings between Paul and Timothy and Paul and Titus, we can, we can get some understanding here. Look, if you would, please, in, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope or expectation. Every time I say the word hope, I think expectation. Hope sounds kind of feeble. Expectation sounds concrete and certain in my mind. That's right. Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He says something similar in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Verses 1 and 2, Paul, an apostle of Jesus, we'll read through verse 5 because it's important. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ. What, you mean Timothy was the son of, of Paul? Hang on just a moment. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled, that I may be filled with joy. Timothy was having a hard time as a young pastor. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned or the, the genuine, sincere faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, who I am and I and I am all and I am persuaded that is in thee also. So interesting note, if you turn to the book of Acts. In chapter 16, we're going to learn a couple things about Paul and Timothy's relationship and maybe learn something about, about possibilities of John and Gaius' relationship. John, Acts chapter 16, verse 1, Then came he, Paul, to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, Timotheus, Timothy, the son of a certain woman which was a Jewess and believed, but his father was a Greek. So Timothy... His dad wasn't Paul because Paul was of the stock of Benjamin, right? That's right. Which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. So Paul, Paul's ministry didn't lead to the conversion by the grace of God to Timothy. It looks like he was already a believer. He, he already had a good report as being a believer. Him would Paul have go to go forth with him and took and took and circumcised him because of the Jews, which were in those quarters where they knew all that his father was a Greek. So so not only was Timothy a believer already, but he also had a good report well enough that Paul would take him on a missionary journey. So why is Paul calling him then a son? Well, he was there for the for part of the maturing and rearing spiritually of Timothy. You can see the same thing about Titus, though not as much detail is given. Why bring all that up? 
Because in First John, uh, Third John, rather, as much as John says, I have no greater joy than to hear my, that my children walk in truth, it could be that John was there and ministered unto Gaius and that the Lord used the ministry of John unto salvation, the gospel ministry of John unto salvation of Gaius. Or it could be Gaius was already a saved person, but John had taken him under his wing, you could say, and that, that, that he, had, he, he was used by God in the spiritual development in the man Gaius. At any account, I'm, I'm only the literal dad of just a few people in this room. Not like there's more than just a few people, but you know what I'm saying. But it may sound strange, but because several of you are older than I am, but in this sense, the way the Lord has constructed this assembly, in a sense, also I could consider you all as my children and that the Lord is using me as a pastor to... Uh, to, to preach and to teach and, and to admonish and exhort and encourage through the Word of God. So that might sound strange, but I, I hope you hear the, the picturesque truth of that matter. I'm charged with concern for your souls and, and to lead you in maturity and to watch out for you. As it says in the book of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourself so they watch for your souls. Well, just as much as a parent would watch out for their kids, or presumably they would, so would a pastor watch out for the congregation that they minister unto. And that they must give account, that they must do it with joy. Do it with joy. Well, why would I do it with joy and not with grief? What's the difference there? Well, giving account with joy would be, okay, well, are, are you walking in truth? 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 Are you, yes, I would, I would give that account with joy. My, the children that God has given me in a picture in this assembly are walking in truth, and I do it with joy and, and, and not, with, not with grief, as it says there. For that is unprofitable for you. It would be unprofitable that I would be grieved in your behavior. But it is profitable... If I have joy in your behavior, does that, does that make sense? It would be profitable. I don't know everything, you know, and it's not like I'm, a, you know, an, an all-knowing parent or all-knowing, all-knowing pastor. Just as much as my children should see me developing as a parent, growing in maturity as a parent, you should also, as a congregation, see growth and maturity in me. That's what Paul said, and first. Timothy chapter 4 and verse 15. He says, Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting or progress or maturity may appear to all. So if you were looking for a perfect man and a pastor, then you messed up. So you, you should see that though. But, so where are we going with all that? If, if in a picture sense... John was the parent or the dad spiritually of Gaius and he, he enjoyed that his children were walking in truth and he hears his children are walking in truth. So likewise, as in a picture, as a parent, as a pastor, I would likewise, and I do likewise, find no greater joy than to hear that my children, that the congregation is walking in truth. What does that mean? Well, the church here that the Lord Jesus Christ established 2,000 years ago through chain link succession has made it here to Silsby, Texas, 
is following or imitating that which is good because you're of God. That's exciting. That's a joyful thing to see the work of God evident. That's an exciting thing. Sometimes we forget about what a miracle God has worked in us, don't we? But we should see each other as living miracles and see one another as living miracles. Well, uh, the, the vessels that, that are fitted for destruction have been made alive in the gospel of Jesus Christ and behaving accordingly by the Spirit of God. That should bring us no greater joy. And it brought, as John says, I, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the tree. No greater joy, meaning no, no, no greater cheerfulness and no greater occasion for thanksgiving. Not toward Gaius, but toward God. I thank God. So when you go back again to the father-son relationship there among men, looking again, first, uh, first Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope or expectation, unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. All these things are not in the person of Timothy so much as it's about the Lord and the the Lord's work in Paul and Timothy. Likewise, in 2 Timothy, likewise, in the book of Titus, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, and hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began, but hath in due times manifested his word, evidence, showed his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior, to Titus, mine own son, after the faith, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. So in all these things, there's no greater joy that the grace of God be evident in the lives of the people of God, especially those, uh, no greater joy for those that have an oversight or a mentorship over those. I don't believe that John is either speaking in exaggeration or hyperbole. He's, he's not blowing things out of the water here. I believe that true joy is associated with plain and simple practicality. So think about this, parents. Was it a good thing or a bad thing when your children obeyed you? Sometimes we we overlook the obedience because we're sinful creatures. But was disobedience pleasant to you? Of course not. Simply obedience, children, obedient children are delightful to their parents. And rebellious ones simply are not. So it is it is a joy. It is a joy to oversee obedient, God honoring, God following, doing children of God. Be not hearers of the word, but doers also, is what it says in the book of James. We'll see a, a couple practical issues of this matter from the book of Proverbs. Look at in Proverbs chapter one. And you can see the contrast here, how how evident it is. Think of John again as a spiritual dad to Gaius. And read these words and see see how they would apply. A wise man will hear and will increase in learning. And a man of understanding, uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5. A wise man will hear and will increase in learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. would Would that make a parent happy to have a child do that? 
No doubt. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So would you rather have a wise man for a son, or would you rather have a fool? Well, just simply by that, you think, oh man, that'd be great to have a wise man as a son. We'll put it in John's words in 3 John. Don't you think it was, it was, a, it was a wonderful thing? To, for John to know that Gaius was a wise man and he heard the word of God, he increased, he increased in, 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 now, in learning and in knowledge and, and he, he attained unto wise counsel, particularly in things pertaining to God and following after the Lord. No doubt. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. A wise son maketh a glad father. Well, John said, no greater joy. I have no greater joy. I have no greater joy. A wise son, what's a wise son do? He listens and grains in understanding. And he listens to wise counsels. A wise son maketh a glad father. But a foolish son, what's a foolish son do? He despises wisdom and instruction or correction. But a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Boy, that's a contrast. Gaius wasn't a heaviness to John. And I've known of mothers that stay up waiting. What time's Johnny coming home? Is he coming home? What's that sound? Oh no, is that police car coming to my house? That kind of stuff. That's a whole different thing than having a well-behaved, obedient child. I believe John was very satisfied. No greater joy, he said. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 1. A wise son heareth his father's instruction. That word instruction also means correction. A wise son will hear correction. A wise son will be corrected. A wise son will hear correction. Was Gaius then corrected? It's reasonable to know that he was corrected. But a scorner, a scoffer, a mocker, heareth not rebuke. Continues on their own way. Well, what's one that continues on their own way? One that continues on their own way follows not that which is good, or follows not that which is evil, rather, or follows that which is evil, and they haven't seen God. That's what it says in 3 John 11. So by these, by these statements, can we perceive that Gaius was a wise son and, and made a glad father and, 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 and that, that, that John indeed did say that he had no greater joy than to hear that his children walk in truth. I, I think it's reasonable to put these things together. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 20 says, A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despiseth his mother, thinks little of her, puts her aside. Same deal. So why son making the glad father has consideration toward the things that they're doing. It is most joyful. It is most joyful to pastor, to mentor, to quote father in the faith, the children of God that walk in such a way that is in truth and well-pleasing to God. It is such a joy. It is. It is a joyful thing to see the works of God. I know that the works of God are being worked out in you because I know what I was before the Lord saved me. And I didn't I don't I know some of you before the Lord saved you, but 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 not all. But I know the Lord does a work. 
And I, the Lord, I know the Lord does a work, and it's a most magnificent thing when he does a work. So yes, it is very exciting. It's exciting. I break out into tears every time we go out there on the roadside that the people of God are walking in truth and have no reservation of sharing the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's not just a sign or not just a show or not just an hour every couple weeks, but it's the way you live. It's the way you live. I've, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. John chapter 6 and verse 28. John 6 and verse 28. Turn over there. John 6, 28. Then this, he crossed over the water and they said, How did you do that? Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? How, how can I work the works of God? 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that ye believe on whom he, on, believe on him whom he hath sent. That word belief or believe, it's action word. To believe and thus to follow. Fire! You didn't believe me. Not one person moved. You startled because I raised my voice. You didn't believe that there was a fire. Otherwise, you'd have took off running. But those that have fled to Christ for refuge, that truly believe him, their lives are shaped by that belief, you see. The works of God. When someone believes Jesus Christ and their lives evidence that, that is, uh, I believe that we can behold the works of God because that's exactly what Jesus Christ said. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God. This is the work of God that ye believe on him, on, uh, believe on him whom he hath sent. There's no greater joy that I have. There's no, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. There's no greater joy than I have to hear that this congregation, you as individuals, my children, that you work the works of God. This is the work of God, that you believe on him and whom he hath sent. The joy is associated with the walk, Okay. Joy is associated with the walk. I've had many exhilarating uh, conversations, theology with different people. But I have joy in people that live it. I believe God Almighty has joy in people that live it. We read that in First Samuel. That obedience is better than sacrifice. Memorize all you want. Listen to all the messages you want. Read all the books you want. If you ain't living it, God is not well pleased. That disobedience is as the sin of witchcraft. But joy is associated with walk. Many people say they believe many things. They do. First John chapter two. First John chapter two verses three through six. Say here and hereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. That's what it says in 3 John 11 also. No matter what you say, if you follow not that which is good, but follow that which is evil, you have not seen God. That's, that's putting that verse back together again. But whoso keepeth his word, 
In him verily is the love of God perfected. Well, that's not very loving. Herein is the love of God perfected in obedience. Not unto salvation, but because of salvation, the children of God should desire to trust the Lord and do what he says. No greater joy. Hereby we know that we are in him. And hereby also I can know that you are in him. You see, people, some people, they can keep up obedience for a little while. Like that parable of the sower, they can grow up in the sun just a little while for the sun, for the sun knocks them out, or for the weeds choke them out, or for a bird comes and steals them away. Hereby we know that we're in him. How can I have a pretty good assurance that you're a child of God? If you keep his commandments, that's what it says. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself, ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. Well, how did he walk? He that doeth good is of God. Was Jesus Christ of God? He did good. He followed good. He followed righteousness. So walk as he walked. How do you walk as he walked? Follow him. Follow good. Imitate him. Be a true Christian, an imitator of Christ. That joy is associated with walk. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. It doesn't talk about this, but I'm going to bring it up because it's an absolute truth. Since being pastor here, there's nothing that has troubled me more than children that have not. And I say children, those that claim to be children of God. Because in not following, he says, follow not that which is evil. He says, he that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. As much as you bring me great joy... And following that which is good, those that do evil and have not seen God, I can't tell you the number of nights that I haven't slept. I can't tell you the number of, I can't, I just can't, I, I can't tell you how troubling. It, 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 it will not be profitable for them as we read in Hebrews. It's a very disturbing thing for someone to say that I know him and not keep his commandments. Very disturbing. I believe when John said, I have no greater joy, John also knew the contrast of that. He knew the heartache and the sorrow of the rebellious. I thank God for you. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. I thank God for each one of you. I really do. I thank God for each one of you. I thank God for each one of you and that He, God Almighty, works out those works and you are ordained unto those good works as we as we memorized in Rome, Ephesians chapter 2 we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works so whenever i say i thank god for you please don't let your head swell i thank god for you yes i thank god for you hear the emphasis on that but it's exciting and it's joyful to know that you are his workmanship Okay, I mean, how amazing is the morning sky or the, or the sunset? How amazing is that? I've watched the sun rise from on top of the Rocky Mountains. I've seen it set over the, over the Grand Canyon. And these are just, uh, they're, they're pitiful compared to the workmanship of God and dead sinners made alive. You are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And that good works... 
So what do you, what do you do if you were to go to uh, to to Martin's or wherever and and get you a clock and wind it up and wind it up and then set it on the counter and you don't hear any ticking? What do you, what do you think? Something's wrong here. This workmanship is terrible. It ain't working. Does God Almighty have terrible workmanship? No, He has wonderful workmanship. We're His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. How wonderful is Christ Jesus? Well, as, as, created, as wonderful as Christ Jesus is, that's, that's how wonderful the workmanship of God is. Unto good works. Well, that same word, good. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them, not believe them, not not consider them heavily over and over and over and over and over and over and over again for many years, but walk in them. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. The joy is associated with faith that pleases God. Faith that pleases God. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the substance. What do I have in my hand? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. How do you know that? Because there's nothing there. Sub there's no substance there. Right? Now what do I have in my hand? I got something in my hand. Something's there. Faith is the substance. It's the something of things hoped for or expected. If you expect something, there's going to be a substance. There's going to be a something there. The evidence of things not seen. Not word of mouth, not hearsay, not speculation, but evidence, admissible. For by it, the elders obtained a good report, says in verses 1 and 2. Now you go through the entirety of Hebrews chapter 11, it's by faith, so-and-so did such-and-such. It didn't say by faith, Abel sat down and, and, and wrote all these things and poems and songs and whatever. By faith... Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. He did something. Faith has evidence. Faith has substance. Faith, as is being described in 3 John verse 4, Gaius had faith and it was evident because he walked in it. It was his life. We know that because again verse 11 said, it talks about following or imitating and doing of God or of not seeing God. If you were to follow down to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it says, But without faith, without substance, without evidence of things not seen, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It's impossible to please God. So sometimes we get the mistaken idea that faith is just something that we know or something that we think to be true. Again, I yelled fire a minute ago and not one person moved. You didn't have, you might have understood the word and you might have thought concern just for a moment, but not one of you had the faith that there was fire in here. You didn't move. Faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently Seek him. How does one diligently seek God? Walk in truth. So then, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children diligently seek God. 
Does that bring a little understanding to that verse? I have no greater joy than to hear that my children have a faith that, it, that, has, that is a substance of things that's hoped for, that is the evidence of things not seen. I have no greater joy, Gaius, than to hear that you're living it. I know what you think. I know what you know, but no greater joy than to hear that you live it. Live it. Without faith or evidence, it is impossible to please God, yet... Without evidence, the children of God should not be pleased either, right? John was pleased in Gaius because he walked in truth. He had evidence of faith. Children of God, as we are to love one another and provoke one another in love and good works, we should not be easily pleased either. Now, we should be, we should be content with one another and, and loving toward one another, but we should desire the works of God be made manifest in our, in our lives. We should desire that. What happens when we don't desire that? Look down the page, Brother Adam, to Jude, verse 4. The, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men. Well, if I don't expect the works of God to be worked in you, then ungodly men can creep in unawares. If I don't have it, and it, you know what? I shouldn't have to program my mind either to have a joy in those that are that are uh, walking after the Lord. I, it should be a natural thing that the people of God find fellowship and rejoicing with those who walk in light as He is light. If we desire to fellowship with Christ, again, 1 John chapter 1. And those who don't, those that follow that which is evil and have not seen God, they ought to stick out like a sore thumb if everybody else is following that which is good because we're of God. They ought to store, stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, if, we're, if we're all walking in truth, it, it ought to be so irritating. In fact, it has been in time past that people who say they're of God can't wait to get out of here. They just don't fit in. Again, this is totally possible. Gaius literally brought no greater joy to John than to he, that because he was walking in truth. That's what it says. That's what it says. Now, I don't, I'm not saying that you should live your whole life to bring me joy. You know, that's, but I want you to know this. When you do follow the Lord, it does bring me great joy. When my, when my kids do what I ask them to do, it brings me joy. When they don't do what I ask them to do, it doesn't bring me great joy. It doesn't bring them joy either. Because we've got to get that stuff corrected. You see, just in a practical sense, how this is wonderful for the people of God, specifically a mentor of one to the other, to, to have great joy in the obedient children of God. I desire, again, because of Hebrews chapter 13, I must give account, I desire at that throne in Revelation chapter 4, that you throw as many crowns as is, is me and good in the mind of the Lord, as you're ordained unto good works, uh, for all for his glory. But there are no crowns for what you know. Think about that. There's not a theologian crown. They're all doers crowns. May you walk in truth and heap a barrel and basket and so much more, heaping and overflowing 
of crowns at the feet of God Almighty because you're walking in truth. That's my desire for you. And I do find joy in that. Part of the deal of, of, of pastorship, all these messages, this isn't just to spend time. These messages are to develop us as the children of God. And I say us, me too. But to develop us as the children of God that we would walk in light as he is light. That we would do good and follow that which is good as Christ is good. Being of God. We should desire that. I should desire that at the, at the preaching of God's word. And you should desire it at the hearing it. That it would change our lives. That we would more and more every day by the Spirit of God, according to the providence of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ, walk in truth. So if it brings me joy for you to walk in truth, it ought to also bring you joy in hearing someone tell you how to do it. Right? If I say trust the Lord and do what he says, well, trust him in what? In every aspect of life. And everything that comes up, you know, sometimes people get a little upset about this topic or that topic or whatever. No, in everything, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. We were studying that in the Proverbs. In everything, perceive the Lord is at hand. Acknowledge him. He'll direct your paths. Totally possible. The evident works of God. What is the work of God that you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? And that belief, govern your life. Govern my life. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Zebedee might have been upset. James and John left their nets and followed after the Lord. John was not upset that Gaius gave up whatever life to follow the Lord. I thank God for you, my children, walk in the truth. Children of God. Some seek to be patted on the head for what they think they know. That's what John. That's not what John's saying here. He's saying, I, "I'm glad. I'm glad you live it. I'm glad you live it." Do you seek to bring joy? But parent, uh, children should should seek to should seek to please their parents. At work, I seek to please my employer. Do you seek to please those that have rule over you? He says, again, the third time in Hebrews chapter 13, obey those that have rule over you. Do, you. do you seek in obedience, not ultimately to please me, but to please God in obedience? That's something to think about. You don't answer to me, you answer to God, but one day I'll answer to God on your behalf. You think old Gaius ever said, hey, hey, John, uh, what do I need to do to better walk in the truth? Think he ever said that? I think it would be wise for us to consider these things. Do you seek to walk in truth? If you walk in truth, it will be profitable for you. He said, you know, in Hebrews 13, that uh, that if it's grief, it won't be profitable. But if, if it's if my report or account of you that you walk in truth is just that, that it will be profitable for you. Do you desire to be profited before God Almighty? I think you should. Do you seek to walk by faith and truth according to the things that you hope for, the expectations you have in Jesus Christ? 
We read this in the in the men's study. Look at Titus chapter 2 just for a second. How, what does that mean? How, how am I supposed to live? How am I supposed to walk in truth because of hope or expectation? Titus chapter 2. Verse 11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us, here you go, that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. How do I walk in light? There you go. What's your expectation? Looking for that blessed hope or expectation. So if, you're ble- if your hope or expectation, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, if that's your expectation, how are you supposed to live? Soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Walk in the light. Walk in truth. Children of God, I, again, I, I say, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. It's, it's wonderful. It's lovely. It's amazing. To see those that were once sinners, enemies of God, made lovers of God and followers of God and, and precious jewels and treasures, the works of God worked out. And, and, and I have the blessed opportunity to, uh, to be pastor of such a ones. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. It's a joyful thing. And I thank God again for you. You see yourself stepping off into darkness, stepping off into evil. Repent. Repent. Desire to walk in truth. Sinner, you simply just can't. Can't. You can't walk in truth. All you can do is evil. Evil, evil, evil. That's all you can do. There is, and though the, though the joy of the evil is just for a season, there is joy in the flesh for a season. There is. Asaph wrote in in one of his psalms that he looked around the evil and they were getting away with this and had all this stuff and the excess and whatever. And he he cried, how so? And then his mind went back to the sanctuary. There comes a time when even those that fare sumptuously every day decked in fine clothing that they'll be cut down. Your joy is but for a season. I encourage you unto a joy that is eternal, and that joy is in the truth, the way, the truth, the lie, Jesus Christ himself. You see, walking in evil, you haven't seen God, and the only time you ever will will be when you're cast alive into the lake of fire, and what a terrible scene that would be. I encourage you to repent of that which is evil. See the destruction of it, and desire that which is good. Well, you can't have that which is good outside of Jesus Christ because you must follow him that was good. And you can't imitate in the flesh, you can't imitate Jesus Christ, but in conversion by the work of the Spirit, one may work the works of God. That's what Jesus said. I encourage you to repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. And behold, what joy is there that day when the works of God are worked out and one walks in truth according to salvation in Jesus Christ. That is a joyful time. May the Lord bless the preaching of his word.